to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake breno sokono hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing with you. Um, his sermons bless me. You, you know, even just as a believer. Far be it from you that he is sitting under such sermons every week and you don't grow. That, 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 that can't be the case. No, his sermons bless me. I was getting blessed. You know, for a moment I forgot I was going to speak at this overnight. I was just getting blessed. So, Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, I've come here on a mission. <laughs> we have work. And you will you will have to um, you will have to follow me closely because uh my assignment tonight is to ensure that the workforce is effective in running with the vision. The Bible says write the vision down so that those who run should run with it. So I, I, I'm going to start from that place. I won't need anything played so the movements they can reduce. Okay, so you really, 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 really have to get me on this one. So what I'll do is I'll start by defining a few concepts that you need to know for you to understand what I'll be talking about. One thing that I stopped doing is taking it for granted that people know a lot of things. Also, we are living in an era of information. Anyone who's got access to a smartphone and a few bundles can influence the way everybody is thinking. And there are certain things that are said that sound good, but they are not very scriptural. And so, I, I, I love to investigate the scriptures and see uh, where we are. So for you to understand this teaching well, you have to have an idea of the concept of church. The concept of church. You have to have an idea of that. Uh, you have to have an idea of the concept of church. 
you must know that church is God's will. It is God's will. God designed that everyone should be part of a local church. And here are the questions that I get when it comes to church. Number one, I hear some people saying, hey, it's about being uh, in the kingdom. It doesn't matter about whether you're going to church or not. You know, there's some people who uh, don't go to church. They watch on TV. I, I don't know how they give their offering, but they watch on TV. It means for them, their concept of church is a sermon. And yet, the concept of church is not a sermon. So there are people who uh, are not sure whether they, they, they talk about, no, we belong to the church, you know. I'm not supposed to be part of a church. That's very unbiblical. Now, for me, my, the concept of church, one way I really get to see it is when I read the book of Revelations. It scares me. Let me tell you why it scares me. Because in the book of Revelations, Jesus decided to write specific messages to certain churches. And when you read Revelations chapter 1, he introduces himself and he tells John to write these things. And you know, it, it says to the angel of the church of this one, the angel of the church of this one. The word angel there simply means the messenger. So you can imagine, he wrote different instructions for different congregations. That means that he was acknowledging congregations. He knew which congregation was which. Each congregation had a separate name. Interestingly enough, each congregation had a certain revelation of Jesus emphasized. Maybe you know what I mean. Oh, nothing is in the Bible by accident. Let me give you an example. This is the one which really, really uh, blows me away. Revelations chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. You know, I, I had a situation before where I had some people who felt I should be perhaps as rough uh, as, let's say, some of the churches they had watched on TV in Nigeria. And they were hoping I would replicate that and because I was not replicating like that, in their head, I was not necessarily doing church. Uh, others accused me of worshipping a lot. Now, <laughs> let me show you something. Revelations chapter 2, verse 12. Listen to this. To the angel of the church in Pegamos write, these things says he, who has the sharp two-edged sword. Wait there. If you read in Revelations chapter 1, Jesus was not just revealed as the one with the sharp two-edged sword. There were several other things about him. Feet of bronze, eyes of fire, hair which is white like wool. By the way, the hair white like wool, doesn't that remind you of a courtroom? Doesn't that remind you of a judge? Okay. And this thing says, he who has the sharp two-edged sword. Uh-huh. So interesting enough, to this church, he revealed himself as the one with the sharp-toed sword. The next verse tells you why. 
I know your works, and where you dwell is where Satan's throne is. Listen, if you were in this church, you are not going to spend three hours just singing, Lord, I love you. As in these guys were living where Satan's throne is. You think they were going to pray like the other people? So you notice that for this church, there is a way he was revealed. He was mainly revealed as the one with the double-edged sword. So I've got a feeling most likely if you visited, even in Sunday school, the first Sunday school lessons, you find that their songs may not be, Jesus loves me. Uh -uh. Sunday school, come together, the first song will be, we are rolling on. Kasatana. That will be the first training in Sunday school. So somebody might visit that church and think, what are these guys thinking? You know, it's not about, you know, <laughs> I, I heard a preacher, I, I think he's American, and he was talking, you know, these warfare things people like, all you have to do is just worship, and the devil will flee, I said, not in Africa. <laughs> think African devils go just by worship. Some of them worship with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember I was watching, I think it was uh, the first time Pastor Chris invited Pastor Benny. Remember we watched it together. And then there was a woman, I think she was not getting healed. Then Pastor Chris said, wait, 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 there's a devil there. Then he was like, how did you know? Is it because you're from Africa? <laughs> Glory to God. You see, so it means each place has got a spiritual environment. And you find because of the spiritual environment, God would design a church a certain way. Have you noticed that uh, we've come to a place where we are in a knowledge age? Where if people are not bombarded with information about the gospel, their faith, their faith can finish. Imagine Jesus once said, because this is a household of faith church, eh? Think about this. Jesus once makes a statement and he says, when the son of man comes back, will he find faith? You see how important you are? You see how important your assignment is? It means faith can actually finish. And the world is looking for a message like this one. So churches will be there and churches will be different. There are some, I, I, I know there are some that have just strayed away from the path. But I can assure you, there are, some, there are many God-breathed churches which will emphasize different things. Because the revelation of Jesus is emphasized differently. And sometimes it's because of the assignment. Hallelujah. I was talking to an evangelist earlier today. I received the call. We had, we had a very long conversation. He's been following me on Facebook. And so he gave me a call. And we were discussing uh, ministry. And he's doing, his, his assignment is mainly to the rural areas. So we're just discussing. So you find the kind of challenges he's facing are different from the kind of challenges I'm facing and the kind of challenges we're dealing with. But that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. And you know, um, how can I put it? One thing I'll advise is with your ministry, always celebrate every achievement from the first one to the last one. Because you know, people will always talk. People will always have an opinion they will always have an opinion. Let's be honest. Some people will be stronger at breaking through in the towns. Some people will be stronger at breaking through in the rural areas. 
some, but if we are all doing our part, then, we, then the body of Christ is that big. And the good thing is that we can learn from each other. And that way nobody will have pride. So you have to understand the concept of church. Here is another thing that scares me about this. He says, I know your works. I know I live in a dispensation where people have taught a lot on grace. And sometimes they've taught it wrongly. Let me tell you why I say they've taught it wrongly. Because they think God will never care about your works. Okay, Jesus of the New Testament, book of Revelations. Guess what he tells every church? I know your works. Because grace is supposed to produce works. And your reward will be by the works that you do. Oh yes, your works may not get you saved, but they will get you rewarded. God is always working. Grace produces work. And he says, I know your works. And then he begins to tell them things. And he did the same for all the churches. Now, this is where now sometimes I'm asked a question. Does it matter what church you go to? Yes. Let me explain. Whereas the church that you go to may not determine whether you are saved or not. The church that you go to has an assignment. And can you imagine? A message was given to every church. They were going to receive rewards or punishments based on where they were. Let me say that again. Each church was being given a reward or a punishment based on how they were fulfilling their collective assignment. And guess what? The letter was going to be given to the messenger. That's why you find the messenger of the church can be able to tell how you're doing. Can be able to tell, okay, are we really fulfilling our assignment? I don't know if you're getting my point. It means if today I join and I'm now under bishop, then it, and, and, and I'm in bishop's church, then it means there's a reward in heaven. Even if I had never won a soul, for as long as the 1.7 billion souls is won, I'll get a reward simply because I was part of the church. So people who, I don't know where people get these kind of statements from. You have to be careful. Some people have asked me before, just, you know, um, in such meetings, you know, um, you could have people who, um, also just, you know, they just go into a way it's happening. You know, they saw the poster, you know. <laughs> but they don't really belong anywhere. You need to belong somewhere. Yeah. And this is a good church. You can join it. Because I'll tell you this. Let me tell you something about a church. What God promised. I've, I've heard people say, no, I can't be there. The way they look at me. Come on. God didn't promise good churches. He promised good shepherds. As long as you find a good shepherd. <laughs> Listen. As long as you find a good shepherd, don't be concerned with what, whether the sheep are giving you a look or not. Because what God promised was good shepherds. If you find a shepherd who can teach you the word, because the whole essence of shepherds is those who've got a passion for your knowledge and understanding. If you find a shepherd who can teach you the word, even if that shepherd meets under a tree, make that your home. Because as long as you've got a good shepherd, you're good. Hey, somebody say glory to God. I can tell you, this is, this is my thought, but I just have a feeling there are people who, in, they'll make it to heaven, they'll look at others receiving their rewards and they'll wish they had had a better shepherd. Or they had, I'm telling you. Glory to God. 
And the reason why we are pumping a lot of knowledge in you is because in today's world, whereas people are, have their eyes open looking for false prophets, one of the things Peter warned us against is false teachers. So if you're not taught the right thing, you easily go there, 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 there. So you have to understand the concept of church. The second thing you have to understand is the concept of, um, let me put it like this, collectively as the body of Christ, imagine it as an ocean. Then now with our local churches, imagine them as rivers. So the rivers come and feed into an ocean. The day you understand that you will not have any trouble with people trying to grow their numbers. Because if a church grows its numbers, then the body of Christ has grown. Because the river is feeding into the ocean. So you know, sometimes I hear, there was a time, I I didn't understand it. I heard people saying, no, let's all just come, you see, forget your churches. Let's just go to the roads and evangelize to everyone. Then what are you going to do with them afterwards? That's why you'll notice that the most respected evangelists work with churches. Reinhard Bonke, he came to Zambia. I, I know some of the churches they worked with. Before they come, they'll write letters, Assemblies of God, all these POG, Pentecostal Holiness, all the big churches. They'll say, please, send your men. We train them. When people come to Christ, they are, they are distributed, actually. Because it would be careless. It would not be, it would be partial fulfillment if all we do is win souls. We need to make disciples. Then we can win more souls. Because when we make disciples, we win more souls. We increase the workforce. Somebody say glory. Or somebody say, I'm in the right place. Now, you have to understand the concept of a visionary. Why am I saying so? Because John was told right to the messenger of this church, to the messenger of that church, to the messenger of that church. So you find in every place, God appoints a visionary. He appoints a messenger. And you can see that from... Uh, the book of Exodus, you can see that from Moses. Now, here is the part that I think is a little challenging sometimes for most. My study of the scriptures has shown me that founders are actually very few. For one, Abraham, he's told, you have many descendants. Meaning, no matter how much they tried, they could not all be Abraham, but they could all walk in the blessing of Abraham. Hallelujah. So, when there's one founder, then you just know that there are few left. Because there are not many. There are not as many as people think. It's a whole different anointing. It's, a whole di- it's an anointing on its own. Because a calling to be in ministry and a calling to start a ministry are not the same. I'm telling you. Can I tell you one sign that I've personally seen of a calling to start a ministry? You easily develop your own people. Like you can get people who have been rejected by others. Somebody comes two months later. That's the deacon. Oh, I'm telling you. That anointed. It can develop anyone and turn them into what they're supposed to be. Any, anyone. That anointed. Easily attracts its own people. Easily attracts its own people. That's why you find it, 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 it demands to work with sons and daughters, not necessarily with brothers and sisters. That anointing, that's what it demands. So anyways, the concept of a visionary. In Exodus chapter 3, you'll notice God calls Moses. 
and God gives Moses a vision. And what's the vision? The vision is let my people go. Right? And that's the vision. And then, I find it interesting. Give me verse, Exodus chapter 3, give me from verse 17. I want us to see something. God tells him, uh, maybe start from verse 16. So, you know, Moses is discussing with God and Moses asks a question saying, okay, how are we going to do this? This is what God tells Moses. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and of Jacob appeared to me. Somebody say appeared to me. So who, who did God appear to? Moses. Appeared to me saying, I've surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. God will appear to a man for the sake of everybody else. It will not be for the sake of his own glory. So some people were crying. Some people, their, their hearts were crying out. They were saying, Lord, I want to grow in the faith. And what does God do? He appears to a man and says, ah, household of faith. Let's go on. And I will, and have said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and all this. Wait, how many of you know the vision of the, of the ministry? Come on, let me hear the statement. Uh-huh. Come on, say it loudly for me. Uh, bringing believers into their inheritance by the word of God. So, God tells Pastor Daniel, okay, and he says, look, go and tell, gather the elders in Israel. Guess what? <laughs> Some of you may not know, you've been counted among them today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he tells them, saying, look, gather them and tell them, I've heard your cry. So, here is the vision. Let me hear it again. But I know it's about believers and their inheritance through the word of God. Hallelujah. And he gives that vision. Then the next verse. They will heed your voice. Hey, somebody say, I'm among those who heed his voice. And you shall come. And you and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt. And you shall say to him. Now, this time. Moses is no longer going to the king alone. Look, he's told, go tell the elders, this is the vision. The elders say, okay, fine, we believe you. And when you and the elders go, look at what's going to happen. You and the elders will say, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. It's no longer he has met with Moses, it's he has met with us. What does that mean? It means the moment... You take heed. The moment you pay attention, the moment you take heed to the voice of the visionary, that vision becomes your vision. Oh, hallelujah. It means if it's an angel that came and spoke, then that angel also came to speak to you. How? Because while you are in the spiritual bosom, of Pastor Daniel, you were, while you were in there, the same way Isaac tithed while he was in Abraham, the same way Levi, Levi, many generations ahead, the Bible says he was in the bosom of Abraham when Abraham was tithing to Melchizedek. In the same way, when the vision was being given to the man of God, you who was going to be birthed through his ministry was being given that vision. So as far as I'm concerned, it is our vision. <laughs> hey, somebody say it is our vision. So meaning when, ha, 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 glory. Ah, 
I'm telling you, you enjoy church when it's no longer a sermon. You enjoy it when you realize it's a vision. And I'll tell you something about a vision. A vision. A vision burns. I was telling uh, some people from COL the other time that I've noticed one characteristic about a vision sometimes. Sometimes it has no feelings. It doesn't give you time to sit and start crying over those who have left. No, 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 that vision. It will burn in Peter and make him say, okay, guys, this was just to fulfill scripture that uh, <laughs> one should betray him. Okay. Now the other scripture says someone must take his place. Give me, give me straws. The vision. The, and then you find six months later the person comes back, the vision has moved on. The vision. The vision is like a baby. A baby doesn't care. No, you've got work tomorrow. It can wake you up at zero one. Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember the other night, I, I, Pastor Daniel and I have got a time that we like to pray. And if only you knew how many nights we've said, okay, maybe let's just sleep a bit, then we'll wake up later. The vision, it doesn't allow you to sleep. No. <laughs> You're just getting comfortable in the bed. Then you start remembering there's that person who doesn't have a job yet. Ah, There's that person who's... Ah, before you know it, you're up. You check this side, he's also up. <laughs> the vision, it burns, it burns, it burns, it burns, it burns. It can make you take a meeting of three people so seriously. The day you see it like that, you will not be shocked if a pastor gets angry that someone misses church. I can tell you this as a pastor myself. One of the most upsetting things is a person missing church. You stand you are preaching a powerful sermon. And then there is a part which you know, this one is for that one. Ah. Then the person does, you ah. even know this one is that one's message. And then when they come the next week, you have to do a long recap and hope the same anointing will be there because you've seen them and you can tell that was their message. You know some of the recaps, it's just because someone didn't come. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hey, somebody saying, No, I'll start. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. I, 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 was, I was correcting one of the sons of the house. Sorry, he was corrected, so I can use it as an example. And I, 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 I once received the message saying, No, we, we, we cannot come because um, there would be a wedding. And the family is primarily Adventist, so. The weddings are on Sundays. So I asked, if we had a wedding on Saturday, would they come? No. I said, this is why they don't respect us. And I asked the question, I said, do you think anyone would, in their normal mind, invite me to miss church and go for a wedding? No, you're a pastor. They have to start seeing you the same way. They have to. No, they have to. You just said no once or twice. You'll be good. Like you can't be in 62 wedding committees. Half the people you don't even know them. The other half you don't even like. Only two are your genuine friends. And yet there's a budget group at church. No, you can't be in all those. No, no. At least be in those which you can manage. But I, I, you, you know what I'm talking about. 
Some people are in so many things such that they are struggling. They cannot give a budget pledge. And then at the end of the day, you think, like, which one will really matter the most to God? If I must say one more thing, you know, uh, I've had... I've had an interesting time with the gospel, okay? I've had an interesting time. I've, I've, I've had quite a lot of success ministering to a lot of people. I've had quite a lot of people getting angry. Uh, some of the... Uh, on, on, I've, I've, I've heard quite a lot of insults. I Even just on our pages, I was, I was sharing some with him. We, we, we do get a lot of insults. You post a miracle... They'll say you've staged it. I know that. I, I praise God they believe we have that much money to pay so many people. And <laughs> I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive the money. But then, uh, you know what keeps us going sometimes? It's when you think about eternity and the things that will really matter then. Uh, I think when eternity hits you will not feel embarrassed that somebody called you foolish because you were trying to save them from hell. The moment you start thinking with a mindset of eternity, some of these things start looking like rubbish. Because in eternity, really, what would be the whole point of having had a PhD and yet you never learned how to live? And the world is waiting for that. You know, some of these people who you see in churches, ah, that one, the one who's always there. They've even nicknamed your brother. Some of those people you find in heaven, the way they see them. That one, that one is always there. Wow. I'm saying some of the things that we, some people we mock, you find in heaven they're the most treasured. Okay, let's let's head on. (laughs) So, you have to understand the concept of a visionary. And then we begin to participate in a vision. So church is an op- a local church is an opportunity to participate in God's bigger picture by being part of a vision. That's why the local church is there. Having said that, allow me now to go to one concept. Once you've identified these things, we come to the concept of loyalty. Somebody say loyalty. You know, uh, when I've talked about loyalty, I've, like I said, some of the things that I say sometimes seem to ruffle a few people. So I, I try to, for everyone's sake, I try to explain. Some of the questions I get asked as follows. Number one, I'm asked uh, a post friend, and you bring in division, I actually really think I'm bringing unity. I'll tell you why. You understand why soon. I actually think loyalty brings the most unity in the body of Christ. Let me tell you why loyalty brings unity. Give me Joel chapter 2, and let's start from verse, maybe verse 5. Joel chapter 2, maybe from verse 5. Maybe for context, let's see. Verse 3. What does verse 3 say? Okay, from verse 1, then we'll skip to verse 5, just for context. Blow the trumpet in Zion, 
and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. Uh -huh. A day of darkness, gloominess, a day of clouds, thick darkness like the morning. And then now, look at this. A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been. No, will they ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations? Oh, we are that type. <laughs> now, look at what he goes on to say. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them, and behind them desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. This is an interesting army. Now let's skip to somewhere verse, because this now begins to describe the army. But let's see verse 5. Look at this thing about this army. With a noise like chariots over mountain stops, they leap. Like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble. Like a strong people in, set in a battle array. Uh -huh. Now this is the bottom I want to pay attention to. Verse 7. They run like mighty men. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. What causes this army to be united is that it's in formation. Let me explain. I, I asked some questions to a few people from the army. I, I was trying to understand how the army operates. Now, I don't know if you know, but the army is probably the most united part of the nation. The other time I was actually invited to preach. I was invited to Minas Soko Hospital to preach the army there. We couldn't take photos. We were told, hey, this is the army. <laughs> and I remember before I preached, they sat me down inside and, and they were giving me saying, okay, for the army, when we're preaching, we actually, the kind of messages that we preach have to, have to ensure that there's unity. Because unity is a big thing here. Now, I asked a few more questions to several people. And, and if you've studied a bit on the army, or maybe you even have somebody in the army, you realize something. What causes the army to be united is that there is a formation. Everyone knows who they are directly reporting to. Everyone knows who's directly under them. So you find Captain One has got this troop of people under them all with different ranks. So in this troop, there's, deacon, there's this deacon, and then there's this minister, and then there's the head of ushering. And then you find Captain 2 also has his own troop. Now, they respect each other, and they know they're in the same kingdom, but this head usher knows that for him to fulfill the general purpose of the army, he has to listen to Captain 1, not to Captain 2. So if Captain 2 probably needs something, he will not go to the head usher there, he will talk to Captain 1. What am I trying to say? <laughs> so you find uh, Captain One, because Captain One knows his troop, because Captain One knows what his troop needs and all those things, he knows who to appoint as the deacon. He knows, I, me who is leading Captain Two may not see that one worthy of being a deacon, but that's not my troop. <laughs> that's why you may not be an apostle to others. <laughs> but you can be an apostle to those. You may not be everyone's captain, but you can be a captain to those who you've been given. 
So the way the army of the Lord works is that there is a formation. The moment we don't have formations, eventually the captains will fight. The moment we don't have formations, eventually there will be trouble. Because if the ship have two masters, what will happen is that they will love one and hate the other. It's, it, it's the most biblical ending. It's very biblical that whenever the ship has two masters, it will love one and hate the other. So, each in the army, there are different you find there are different platforms that are set. In the army, there are different troops. So you belong to your division. And for the army to work, what will happen is this. Listen, the meetings that take place for the commanders are not at the same level as the meetings that take place for everybody else. Everybody else may not know the plan, but the commanders know the plan. So what the people have to do is simply listen to their respective commanders. And if they do so, they will fulfill the overall vision. And you can clap. So meaning, loyalty to your commander is what would determine the entire mission to be successful. So true unity is only there when there is order. True unity is only there when there is loyalty. It means as much as you may get blessed by the way I preach, as much as you may love the powerful revelations I give, it means for the sake of the body of Christ, it is more beneficial for you to attend your church on Sunday than to come visit me. It's more beneficial. And even if that day I'm preaching a sermon which is on fire, and this side, the man of God is preaching a sermon that's a total rebuke. You never know. Maybe me, the total rebuke was the previous week. But it would be more beneficial for you to be here than to follow me. It would be more beneficial not just for you, but for me. Because I'm part of the army of God. And there is something that we are trying to do. So, as command, so you find as all of us who are leading, we all go before the counsel of God and you find God may give us specific instructions, sometimes very different. This side you find it's day of joy, this side it's day of deliverance. This side you find it's day of praise, this side it's just day of warfare. But somehow in God's mind, everything is coming together for, to make the glorious church. So the concept of loyalty is what actually keeps the body of Christ united. It's the concept of loyalty. It keeps the body of Christ united. So whereas we are gifts to the entire body of Christ. So you find, I'm a gift to you. He's a, we, 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 always, we, we have Pastor Daniel around so many times. He's a gift to us. Hallelujah. He's definitely a gift to us. But you must, you must know who you are answering to. And let me tell you also why it's important. Give me Hebrews 13. Give me Hebrews 13, verse 7. Because in an army, the person who's in charge must give an account. Hebrews 13. Yeah, give me verse 7. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Give me verse 17. Obey those who rule over you. Those who rule over you have already been defined. These are those who speak the word over you. 
And he says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. In short, it's unprofitable for you in this army if your commander is always giving an account with grief concerning you. Because an account must be given. Someone may say, what if the pastor didn't know everyone? Oh, you don't really know about delegated authority. You know that it means if I've appointed somebody as your head usher, the account that the head usher gives to the pastor, <laughs> oh, the moment we begin to understand things like this, then we'll respect. When the church secretary stands in the front to give an announcement, it will be as though the pastor has given an announcement. As a matter of fact, it will be as though the Holy Spirit is the one standing to give announcements. It means when when pastor says, I'm calling for a meeting this Friday, it is as good as God has called for a meeting that Friday. Because God has an agenda for that meeting. So it means if somebody has purposefully, it had nothing to do with permission. They just said, ah, they've, imagine, it means God has summoned them for a meeting and they've just not come. Oh, we are in an army. So the aspect of loyalty is very important. It actually says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch over your souls. Imagine, they're actually watching over your souls as someone who must give an account. That's why, have you, have you ever read the account Jesus gave of Judas? Jesus goes like, everyone you gave me I've kept, but that one. <sighs> that one is trouble. You know, Paul, I don't know whether Paul was frustrated. He's writing the Hebrews saying, ah, no, do not stop fellowshipping with one another as some are in the habit of doing. As anointed as the apostle Paul was, as powerful as his sermons were, he also had them. But just those who just don't, they're just, eh. he, even the apostle Paul had them. They're just, it's just a habit. You know what it means when it's a habit? They can do it without... It's, it, 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 it just happens. Like, I, I just didn't come. Anything that you do without caring, it's a habit. And you know, sometimes habits are, are not formed on purpose. Someone can be in a situation where they are sent for work somewhere for three weeks. What would determine whether it would become a habit is that that fourth week when they come back, some may decide, even if I miss one more week, that's it. It's now become normal. You now have an excuse for it. And then the vision is being slowed down because you've developed a bad habit. Worse off, you spread it to somebody else. And it says they must give an account for you. Meaning, there is an element of God's reward for you that will only be determined by those who must give an account over you. Let me say that again. It means there is, there is, a, there is a place of reward. <laughs> there is a... <laughs> the kingdom... There is a place of reward that will be determined by the report that is given about you. 
And this thing works everywhere. Anyone who wants to appoint anyone in anything will ask the people who lead them. Oh, you have to take this stuff seriously. So the concept of loyalty, let me, let me quickly, let me, let, me, let me quickly, have you understood that, the Joel part? Did you, have you understood that you're in an army? Have you understood that this army has a formation and it doesn't break ranks? It doesn't break ranks. It doesn't break ranks. That's why as powerful as I may have sermons, as much as I would have talked about everything in the world, I would first seek permission when coming here. I had to seek permission from Pastor Daniel because this is his troop. And this army does not break ranks. That's why in the few cases, we, we, it's not happened often, especially in the first days, we've, we, we, we would have cases where maybe, uh, I don't want to call unsure, you find someone is here, someone is that side, we'll sit and we'll discuss. Well, what do you have to say about that one? No, you know what? They're still young in the faith. Let's not place anything. Let's just allow them and this and that and that because this, it doesn't break ranks. Okay. Now, I want us to look at this scripture. We're, we're dealing with, with loyalty. Eh? Matthew 18 verse 12 and 13. Matthew 18 verse 12 and 13. And I know people love this one because I think it reminds them of a certain song. So it says, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the 99? <laughs> And go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying. How that sheep found itself in the mountains. <laughs> Next verse. And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Now first thing you should know is that that doesn't mean he didn't rejoice over the 99, eh? Now, there's a revelation we got from this. We, we observed that, firstly, if you are to study biblical patterns, number one, you'll notice that shepherd and sheep, you can compare that to pastor and members. Pastors are called shepherd, and members are called sheep. Sheep lead a shepherd. Peter was told, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. Now, another thing we notice there is this. Biblically, it is actually better to lose one than 99. Oh. Notice, he's not trying to lose the 99. So he's not like going after the one trying to lose the 99. Because biblically, imagine if you can celebrate over one. If you can be upset over losing one, you think you'd be happy over losing 99. Even a prophecy about Jesus was given. It's better for one man to perish than a whole nation. Because biblically, it's better to lose one than 99. That's why it even says, if he should find it. Now, you know what we discovered? We discovered there's something special about this 99. You know why? 
Because even when he finds this one, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that did not go astray. So when he went to look for the one on the mountain, those 99 stayed put. Listen, every pastor has them. They are those we call the loyal 99. <laughs> hey, the loyal 99. Let me tell you something about them. These ones, these ones, the loyal 99. You don't need to invite them to their own church. The loyal 99, when you stand in front, listen, you know they are there. As if, you know that if they are not there, then I don't know what has just happened and you will receive prayer, like you receive 52 apologies before the service. But you know they are there. You don't need to check, has that one come? You don't need to pray, Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. <laughs> Find it upon your heart. Move Wandi's heart. Lord, may Wandi come to church. You don't need to pray like that. No, not over Wandi. I don't know if you're getting my point. The lawyer 99. They give you room to go look after, to go look for the one. You may have been the one before, but far be it from you if that remains your portion forever. Somebody tonight needs to graduate to the place of loyalty. Where even if you've not received a call that week, even if you've not been checked on for one month, perhaps for a while, your shepherd has to go look for those who are on the mountains. You, you stay put. You stay put. As a matter of fact, maybe you graduate, even the one helping the shepherd check for that one. I don't know if you're getting my point. The, those that stay put, are you among them? Are you among them? Yeah. Those that are just always available. If we say, where well, if you are to be told, it can't happen, but if you are to be told, let's say, five people were there, you even know that one was there. If you are to be told, the earliest to come was this one, you even know that, you, you know who that earliest is. You know who that person is. Because those have graduated. They've got nothing to do on the mountain. They are loyal to their shepherd. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They don't hear the voice of another shepherd. Sheep have got an ability to be loyal to their shepherd. How many of you remember those days in primary school? Somebody could tell when, when the person from their place has come to pick them up. If a stranger came, ah, manito manito Boyd. <laughs> Boyd will look and say, I don't know you. The child won't go with just anyone. Somebody say loyalty. loyalty. You have to be loyal to the vision. You have to be loyal to the visionary. You have to be loyal to the assignment. Let me show you something. You know, I, Pastor Daniel talked about the spirit of the ministry. And you know, sometimes these are things someone will be wondering, Pastor, what are you talking about? The spirit of the ministry. How can a ministry have a spirit? <laughs> Luke chapter 9. <laughs> Luke chapter 9. I want you to see something. You know, every ministry has an anointing about it. I, I, I want us to read verse, uh, let's start from verse 53. 
I want, I want to just end on this one. This will show you why you must be loyal. This will show you why you must know the language of the church. Uh-huh. Jesus goes somewhere to preach and they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Next verse. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Stop there. What are they doing? They've read about, they've read about Elijah and now they are trying to impose Elijah's assignment on Jesus. No, notice that. Observe this. This would have been okay if they were under Elijah. But Elijah's assignment was different. You know, you know what Elijah's assignment was? Elijah's assignment was Elijah, God is Jehovah. He had an assignment to prove that God is Jehovah at whatever cost, even if it meant somebody dying. But that wasn't Jesus' assignment. Jesus' assignment was by all means to have everyone saved, even if it meant him dying. Now, I, I want you to notice this. Notice the way Jesus answers. Look at the next verse. But he turned and rebuked them. Imagine, they compared to Elijah who was a holy prophet and yet he rebuked them. He rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Now, here is the proof that manner of spirit had to do with assignment. Next verse. For the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. He goes, he points to his assignment. So they were trying to fulfill Elijah's assignment under Jesus. And I'm telling you, every ministry has a spirit. We just don't say it much. But look, how many of you remember the time when, when Moses cried before God about his people? Say, Lord, did I bear these children? I don't think he had reached the level of revelation. Obviously, there was an angel who to whisper, yes, they are spiritual father. <laughs> Did I conceive these people? And then he says that you have placed their entire burden on me. And then God said, okay, choose some people here. I will take of your spirit and put on them so that they can have the same burden as you. So you find somebody is like, no, but there they do it like this. That's not the way Pastor Daniel does it. <laughs> Whose spirit are you? <laughs> Whose assignment are you part of? Hey, that's not the way Pastor Daniel does it. No, you can't go to him and say, no, let us be like that one. Let us be, no, 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 no. That's not the way he does it. Elijah will receive his reward for his assignment, but let Jesus also do his assignment the way he's supposed to do it. Don't you find that amazing? He answers, what manner of spirit are you? He rebuked them for comparing to Elijah. Because his assignment was to save lives at all costs. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, somebody say glory. It was to save lives at all costs. So you find a vision like this one has got an anointing it carries. And this anointing has got a way it functions. Because they are no, they, they, they anointing has just got a way it functions everywhere. It's got a way it functions. If you visit City of the Lord Church, it's, it, it, the atmosphere is different. You visit the church here. It's got a, that's why I feel, I feel refreshed here. Because it's also just got its own atmosphere. 
I was at Bishop's church last week. It's got its own atmosphere. I don't know if you're getting my point. Because, I, I, you know, when you, when you realize that, you also understand the principle of not judging another man's servant. There are men of God I don't, I personally maybe don't, haven't even reached a place of understanding them, but I'm just not going to judge another man's servant. <laughs> I'd rather just mind my own business. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'll not deal with matters too high for me. So with loyalty, you have to be loyal to the vision. You have to be loyal to the visionary. One final scripture and we're done. Let, let's just give one example of somebody loyal. And I, 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 I know we're just opening the doors. I'm soon we'll have Bishop preach and I'm telling you when Bishop teaches. <laughs> no, I can give you a testimony. Uh, we invited Bishop on overnight just like this one. The stuff he taught, our church has never been the same. I'm telling you, our church has never Bishop, people have been having prayer meetings almost every Friday. There was a night I wanted to sleep. Then I, I heard, I was, I was wondering, what's going on? I, I went, was it raining heavily? And it was just one department having a prayer meeting. Jango's department. Ha! I, and you know, I was so tired. I got up at three. And I wanted to go tell them, can't you reduce your voice? You know, when you're sleeping. And I got up and I hear the Holy Spirit say, they are praying for you. <laughs> I said, eh? Lord, I repent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Samuel 23, verse 15 to 16. 2 Samuel 23. When you read 2 Samuel 23, you see the story of David's mighty men. You know, that's what I love about David. Eh? Just, just a little bit of a picture of David. Imagine David received an anointing and then as you know, King Saul began to pursue him. At that time, King Saul had the throne, but David had the kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, David had the kingdom. You may not have the building yet. That doesn't mean you don't have the kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you, you may not have seen the building yet. That doesn't mean you have not been anointed to rule over it. So King Saul had the throne, David had the kingdom. And you know what David did? Because he couldn't be in charge of Saul's army, he gathered his own. And you know the people that followed him? Rejects in society. People who people had counted out. Let's be honest. There are some people here, perhaps you've got a position. You would have never had this position anywhere else. But you see, these people submitted to David and they became known as David's mighty men. Some people here, you are Pastor Daniel's mighty men. And they became David's mighty men. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? Goliath had other brothers. David is not the one who killed them. He had mighty men. So meaning in total, the mighty men killed more giants than David. But they remained David's mighty men. And one time, 
This is talking about the mighty men. And David said with longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Listen, and one time, you, you can just go back, you can go back. And one time, Pastor Daniel just, he was preaching, then there was just a thought in his head and said, oh, that the church can have four buses, which it owns right now. Maybe one time he was just preaching and he says, oh, that we may start doing evangelism at Nipah. Oh, that we may, as in, he was just wishing. He wasn't even commanding, he was wishing. For them, they took wishes as commands. Look at the next verse. And David said with longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink. And so the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines. Hey, ha, ha. Three mighty financiers. Come on. <laughs> hey. Someone may say, I don't know. The... Listen, they, they were rejects before. If you receive this word, you become that financer. Three mighty financiers said, ah, pastor says we need a new bus. We are getting a new bus. I don't know if you are getting my point. Hey, three, three mighty prayer warriors. Said, ah, 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 we are going on a seven-day fast until the heavens open. Until the heavens open. We'll be like those watchmen who give God no rest until he does what he said he would do. Three of them broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. That's loyalty. That's loyalty. Where, what, what am I trying to say? Listen, if this is a vision you're going to serve, serve it with your mind. Serve it with your strength. Sit down and strategize. How best can we do this? Maybe some of you, you are very good at thinking. Let the vision fill your thoughts. Some people here, you've got, you've got energy to post every meeting by everybody in this world. Never post a church flyer. In whose troop are you? When we check your WhatsApp statuses, full of sermons by everyone in the world. Never post Pastor Daniel's sermon. How, how do you expect to be his mighty man? As I heard, you know, Bishop, I was thinking to myself, eh, that I see a lot of the great men of God I respect who are so public everywhere. Um, and I noticed something about them. They all have those people who honored them like that even before they went on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there are those people who, are, who the day they see you on TV, they'll be like, hey, Pastor Daniel, that's a great man of God. But then there are those who will see you in LT1 and they will say, this anointing deserves to be on TV. Yeah. I will work hard. I will do my best. I will improve this until this anointing is on television. There are those who recognize it way before. Are you at that place? Are you the loyal 99? Those who serve the vision with their strength, with their energy. Because at the end of the day, final scripture, give me 1 Samuel chapter 3. At the end of the day, as you are serving this man of God, there is something special you are doing. Someone may say, 
at the end of the day, as you're serving this man of God, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. In short, Eli was telling them, go wash plates. Eli was telling him, go do that. Go put that ship there. As he was doing that for Eli, he was ministering to the Lord. We may not all be founders. Probably most of us are not. But we all have an opportunity to be some part of something big. And you're an important part of this jigsaw. The Lord bless you. I mean, the stuff that we are being fed on. Somebody say, wow. wow. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, and everything you are learning here, we are going to have a discussion in workforce. Most of the people here are people from workforce uh, in different departments. So we are going to have a meeting and we are going to review uh, in departments, we are going to discuss if it means in the entire workforce group, we must make 